to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again. How have you been these past few days? Yeah, mate, I've been brilliant. Uh, World Cup's kicked off. We've had a few good stories. Absolutely fantastic England performance. Uh, what can be better, eh? What can be better? Absolutely. And last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Dan. Um, obviously, really enjoying the group stages. For me, I always find the group stages kind of the most exciting part of the tournament because there's games every day. Obviously, you've got games at 10 o'clock all the way until 7. So, Really, really exciting. And uh, yeah, loving the World Cup at the moment. Obviously, you know, as we said, some great stories so far. And uh, that England performance was, was very pleasantly surprising. And uh, I'm sure we'll discuss it in a bit more detail on the show. We certainly will. I know it's been a strange backdrop as to where the World Cup's being hosted. But if you look at the, the football, the on-pitch product, it's been pretty much spot on. I don't think we could have asked much more. And there's still, thankfully, plenty more to come. But that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start... Wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this week, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's have a quick look back on Monday's Group B action. Craig, is it fair to say that the shackles are off for England or does it need to be tempered with it only being Iran as their first set of opponents? I definitely think it is. Yeah, let's be positive. Uh, I thought it were a great performance. Uh, I will happily hold my hands up and say a complete opposite of, of what I were really expecting to see from England in their opener. Um, I think the formation that we played is a positive. I think we look really good with three in the middle. Uh, but the big difference for me is Jude Bellingham. Uh, the fact that he plays, he's got the ability to sit back and help Declan Rice, but also the ability uh, to move forward with Mason Mount and actually turn us into a, a really good attacking team. You know, we've got five good attacking players that can go forward together. Um I think the key to us is just doing things that little bit quicker, which we did on Monday. Uh, I want to see it again uh, before I get really, really excited and start throwing down things such as football's coming home. But um, they've set a high bar in the first game, a high bar that I wasn't expecting to see in the first game. And let's not just uh, slide over this. You can only beat what's in front of you. You know, England can't choose their opponents. The fact that Iran played and they weren't very good, uh, don't take anything away from England for that. Now, Jamie, regardless of opponents, I don't think anyone can turn their noses up at six goals being scored in one game. When you consider that Harry Kane wasn't even on the score sheet, does that highlight the number of options that Gareth Southgate can now call upon? Yeah, do you know what? It was a, felt like a real breath of fresh air, that, that performance. It was kind of really nice to go and see the team playing to their strengths. I think we've always known with this England team, attacking-wise, there's so much talent in this this team. And, um, you know, that, that kind of looked how how we set up was was um, very much to play to the uh, the strengths of the attackers. And, yeah, I was just delighted with how we performed. I was delighted with the setup. I was really surprised as well. I did not see that come in from this England team. You know, we see in the nation leagues and, and maybe past matches with England, you know, it has been pretty defensive. And we mentioned on, on the, the past couple of shows, that's kind of what we were expecting. But it was kind of the complete opposite. You know, you had the fullbacks getting high. I thought that they they did really well in supporting the attackers. 
Um, I thought the midfield was really strong. I think we all kind of were hoping that that was going to be a key area where you've got two players, two young guys in the likes of Bellingham and Rice, really exciting on paper. And I thought they delivered. Um, I thought Bellingham was was man of the match for me. I know Saka got it. I thought he was fantastic as well. But Bellingham was was just uh, magnificent. Um, I thought Harry Kane had a great game as well. And obviously a lot of people kind of maybe sometimes criticise him for dropping deep and uh, obviously not being the that kind of the lead in the line for England. But I thought he did a really important role um, in, in that match in terms of linking play up. I thought he was, you know, he had runners off him in, in Saka and Sterling and obviously the guys who came off the bench as well. And I think the depth as well in that team is really exciting. And, and that for me is, is kind of, that could be really crucial for England to have those options to be able to rotate. You know, you're winning against Iran pretty comfortably. Um, and then you can kind of bring off the likes of Saka and rest and rest these players. So that's going to be something that's going to stand us in good stead as well. Um, I do sound like I'm getting a bit carried away. But um, no, I, I think there is genuinely reason to be excited for, about this England team now. Um, I just thought that was a really, really kind of positive performance. Certainly one, as I said, I wasn't quite expecting. I think the only concern you'd have to say with this England team still is still that defence. I think there was times when, you know, Rand did put a bit of pressure on us and, and maybe we did show a bit of nerves and a bit of vulnerability. But, um, you know, if we can maybe kind of sort that out and, um, you know, as they, as they grow in confidence, this team, um, then that, that could be good. But uh, I'm, I'm now, do you know what? I'm really excited for Friday's match against the USA. I didn't think I was going to be, you know, saying that in terms of being excited to watching them again. But uh, after that performance, I thought it was uh, it's all very looking very positive. It is indeed. I think sometimes England fans are embarrassed to be positive in situations such as this. You know, oh, no, we can't get too excited too early. You know, why not? After such a bad Nations League performance, as you say, Jamie, a breath of fresh air, really. So more to it. And let's hope there's uh, even more success come Friday. But, Craig, in terms of Group B, England are two points clear of the United States and Wales. On the evidence of Monday evening's encounter, was that a better point for the Welsh in the end? I certainly think it was, given the first half performance that Wales put in. Uh, I thought they were really poor. The, the sort of the opposite way round as to what I expected. I didn't think Wales would give a full, really good 90-minute performance. But I thought they'd start well. And I thought they'd start strong and, and try and take the game to the US a little. And, and then maybe die off in the second half. But it was the complete opposite. Um, quick point of note, though. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that... That England were fantastic with three ex-Barnsley players in the team. And then as soon as Wales bring their ex-Barnsley striker on, Keeper Moore, uh, they improve dramatically, you know. So we're, we're helping both home nations at the minute, us lot. Um, so I would have liked to have seen another 10 or 15 minutes in that game, to be honest, because I think if there would have been another 10 or 15 minutes, uh, I think Wales would have won it. I thought they finished really strongly. They'll take that. Uh, they'll take the, the second half performance and they'll move on to a game that is, it, it, given this stage of this group now, it's a must win. I think everybody will see Iran as a must win. Well, with the amount of injury time being played in this World Cup, you might have got an extra 10, 15 minutes. But we move on because, Jamie, when you look at the two fixtures that the United States and Wales will, will now have to deal with, is it as simple as avoiding a heavy defeat against England and then racking up goals against Iran? Or do you think there'll be additional points earned by either of those two nations against the three mm -hmm. lines? Yeah, look, I, I think it will be a case of who can kind of score the most goals against Iran. For me, that was the frustrating thing in the England game, obviously, conceding that late penalty, I think. 
the winner of this group could potentially come down to who scores the most goals against Iran. But uh, no, I, I think I've kind of changed my opinion on England now. I do think that England are capable of beating the USA. I think they're capable of beating Wales as well. So I think for these other two teams in USA and Wales, I think it is all going to be all about who can score the most against Iran and who can kind of rack up the biggest goal difference. So that, that's going to be key to watch out for. I think the only thing you can maybe say that, that stands in Wales' um, kind of uh, favour really here is, is the way that the games have kind of panned out in terms of playing England last. I do think England will beat the USA and obviously that put them on six points and, and pretty much put them through as group winners, you would have thought. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, you know, you look at that that second game, that third game even against Wales, I think that that could be where England maybe look to kind of rotate players. Maybe they look to kind of, you know, not to go kind of full gung-ho in terms of really trying to expend too much energy and maybe saving a bit for the uh, the knockout stages. So that could be a case of where... Um, England have wrapped the group up by then um, and, and and maybe Wales have that opportunity to obviously, they'll be desperate to beat England as well. I think kind of having that derby factor as well, they're going to be well up for that. Um, I think I think as well, from a Wales perspective, I thought they were really poor in that first half. They yeah. just looked so nervy. I don't think it was to do with maybe a lack of quality and, and not being good enough. I just think they looked kind of, obviously this big occasion of 64 years since they've last been in a World Cup and that big occasion for them. I think it looked like it kind of got to them and they grew into that second half. So um, I still do fancy Wales to kind of come through with England. But uh, I, I think that, that the key could be that they play England on match day three um, and by then England could be kind of safe and through. So um, that, that, that could be the, the deciding factor in this one. Right, let's have a quick note about Group A as well, as this will have a bearing on the round of 16 for England, if they get there, of course. Craig, the Dutch ground out a win in the end on Monday. Was that more because of a stubborn Senegalese side and their result finally being broken? Or was it Louis van Gaal's men lacking something up top? Probably a bit of both, really. I, th I think Memphis Depay not starting doesn't help the Dutch at all. I believe he will start sort of moving forward, which should give them that little bit extra impetus that they need. Uh, Senegal looked OK. They, they sort of lacked that little bit of quality to to really trouble, I thought. And obviously, that's where Sadio Mane would come into it. Um, so, I, I, I thought the, the Dutch struggled a little, but I was never in thinking that they were actually going to lose that game. Um, they, they'd always seem to have a little bit extra in the locker. I expect more from them. I think they'll improve as the tournament goes on. Uh, more clinical when Depay's in the team, uh, which I expect him to be. So, yeah, I'm expecting to see a bit more from, from the Dutch. And uh, Although they do play an Ecuador team that also started pretty well. Well, Jamie, Ecuador got off to a perfect start against the haphazard Qatar, a three-point head start over Senegal in terms of qualification. Would you now be backing them at the expense of the African nation to reach the round of 16? Yeah, look, I, I don't think it's maybe as straightforward as that. I think we kind of spoke about these two teams, obviously, as being the, the, the guys that are fighting out for that second-place spot. But I think Senegal, I, I thought they were fairly unfortunate not to get something from that Netherlands game in the end. I know, you know, Craig did say um, that... You kind of always fancy Netherlands to win that game, but I think if you kind of look at the stats and, and uh, I think Senegal will come away slightly somewhat disappointed. I think I think the one thing that kind of strikes me about them is they are very good defensively and we saw that kind of coming into this tournament. Um, they had six clean sheets in eight matches uh, prior to the World Cup. Um, so the, I think they can be a good team. It's, it's you know They just don't seem to be too particularly clinical. Uh, meanwhile, Ecuador, they're also a very good defensive side as well. It's now six clean sheets in a row for them. So I think this will be actually a really, really interesting game to kind of watch. Um, and I think it will be a very close one. Um, I, st I still think these are two very evenly matched sides. So I, I, I think this, I can see this one playing out as a draw eventually. Um, and I, I like the look of a draw and under 2.5 goals at uh, 13 to 5. 
Yeah, I think that's a very solid shout there, actually. But now we're going to go bet building once again. And as always, in this World Cup episodes, we're going to focus on the England team because they're playing the United States on Friday. We're going to look to construct another winner. Craig, we fell short in terms of unders and the correct score last time around, so no good on that front. But once again, you got the anytime goal scorer right on Monday. Can you get it right on Friday? What have you got for me? I'm going to change player, though. Um, so I'm going to go with the, who I thought was the star man from the front three on Monday, and that's Bukayo Saka. Uh, I thought he was excellent on the ball. Found a lot of space down the channels, making some really, really good runs. Um, and I think England are playing a little bit quicker, which suits him. Uh, I think it's, it's his style of game. Uh, so I like Saka to get on the score sheet again here. Uh, he had a really, really impressive start. He's 100-30 to 30 to score any time, which seems fairly big considering the form that he's shown in his first game. So, yeah, Saka for me. Top shout there. Jamie, once again, the over-under on the goals, please. Mm. Yeah, look, I, again, I mentioned I was very pleasantly surprised by England's performance and how they did. So I'm going to go um, with a different kind of, um, in a different direction from what I went last time. I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals this time. I think we saw, you know, this England team just kind of looks full of goals. If we do play to our strengths, then I, I do think England can score a hat for goals here. Um, I thought the USA were, were fairly poor, especially in that second half. So, yeah, I, I think England uh, will, will score a number of goals here and I'm going to go for over 2.5. OK, I'm going to go to the corners market and not the total corners. I'm going to focus on England on their own. I'm going to back them to get over five. That's half a dozen at least. If you look at their attacking prowess, I mean, they got six goals on their own on Monday. They're not going to get that many. Well, at least I don't think they're going to get that many at the end of this coming week. But I feel that with the amount of attacking talent on show, they should be good for at least six corners. So if that comes in, we're off to a fly. But let's recap on the odds before we actually count the money. And it looks a little like this. KO Saka to score any time. We've got over 2.5 goals. We've also got over five England corners. £10 on the betting slip, 14 to 1 on the odds. That's £150 in your back pocket if it comes good. I hope it comes good for us. I hope it comes good for you. Now, though, we're going to talk about the game itself because, Craig, in terms of England starting eleven, would you be making any changes for what we saw on Monday? No, I wouldn't make any changes unless they're forced. Uh, obviously, we're, we're recording this podcast on the Wednesday morning, so we're not too sure if any team news is going to come out regarding the two Harrys, Harry Maguire and Harry Kane. Um I thought the balance of England's team was excellent and I, I don't think anyone sort of stood out as having a bad game. When you win a game by four goals, even if Gareth Southgate's slightly disappointed the fact that we conceded to, I don't think you can change a team. Um, they, England struck me, one of the things I was really impressed by them, a team that looked settled and they'd already played a couple of games in the tournament. They looked like a team that were coming to the end of the group stage rather than actually kicking off and, and sort of the, what we often see with teams kicking off, they take a bit of time to get going. Um, obviously, the biggest question is Harry Kane. Um, even if he's like 90%, do, do you go down the, the sort of the route of resting him, thinking long term and keeping him for the Wells game? It's a puzzle that, that Gareth Southgate will have to solve, and thankfully, I'm not the one solving it. Uh, if Kane doesn't play, then I'd like to see Callum Wilson get his chance, but I think Gareth Southgate will go with Marcus Rashford uh, just because he's more proven at the level, and he did come on and score on Monday. Uh, but, but the hope is, sort of injury wise, that we go with exactly the same starting 11 and both Harrys are fit to play. Now, Jamie, the back four certainly worked against Iran. Do you think he'll keep the same defensive shape against the United States, that being Gareth Southgate, of course? Or is it a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it? 
Yeah, look, I, I usually kind of go along the lines that managers, I like, to, I like to see them kind of stick with the system they're accustomed to. But uh, I, I think having seen have that extra attacker and, um, you know, again, just how well it worked in terms of playing to our strength. I mentioned, you, you know this England team, how good we are going forward. And you, as I mentioned as well, you can also see the weaknesses in defence. I thought at times we did look a bit under pressure. So, you know, why kind of highlight those weaknesses when you can when you've got those real strengths in attack so I'm really hoping that he does kind of stick with the same formation um so I, I think that that's the key I, I really just hope he does stick with that 4-2-3-1 I thought it was just again it was it was really great balance um and Craig's just spot on in terms of um you know it didn't look like a really settled team and it just worked so well um I mentioned Harry Kane kind of dropping deep and creating and then you had these guys off him in, in terms of Mount, Sterling and Saka. And then, um, you know, they had Grealish coming on, you had Rashford coming on and, and he was kind of linking plays so well. So it just worked all so well. You had the fullbacks getting forward as well. Um, and I, I think England need to go for the win here against the USA. We just kind of want to get this group stage over and done with and kind of get the win here. I think England are obviously more than capable of beating the USA um, if we can go attacking. So, um Yes, I, I think I'm really hoping that we do stick with that forward 2 3 one because it works so well uh, on Monday. Now, Craig, there's no doubt that Harry Maguire has struggled in Manchester United colours this season, but he was once again faultless when wearing the Three Lions badge at the start of the week. Does this show that sometimes club form is not the be-all and end-all when it comes to international outings? You know, I think it's a, a really simplistic way of looking things, what I'm about to say, but basically all I can see here is, is a player who's at club level, not trusted by his manager and not trusted by the fans that support him. And at international level, we've got a player who is trusted by his manager and, and the fans who, who support England. Um, I think some players just need that reassurance, sort of arm round them from time to time. Just know that someone believes in them. And I think Gareth Southgate picking Harry Maguire showed his belief. And and that, I think Harry Maguire just sort of strikes me as the sort of player that, that needs that. Um, when he's at Manchester, is he really trusted to go in that defence? There's none of that around this England team. Harry Maguire's one of the first centre out, well, the second centre out probably behind John Stones on the team sheet. But whether we play a back four or a back five, Harry Maguire is going to play. And that trust that Gareth Southgate's got in him, I think, goes a long way. Um, whatever Gareth's sort of doing behind the scenes, he's getting the best from Harry Maguire. And the same can't be said about Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United. Um, and despite all of that, it's working for England. Yeah, so well done, Gareth Southgate, on that. Fair play to him. Now, Jamie, I guess the same could be said for Jordan Pickford in goal. Not really doing the business for Everton this season, but a safe pair of hands for England. Therefore, is it hard for Aaron Ramsdale to get a look in? Yeah, I think pretty much everyone was expecting Jordan Pickford to kind of get their nod and, and, and start um, in the World Cup. I mean, we've kind of seen he does almost play like a different player when he's playing for England at times. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, I think he's been almost faultless um, for the majority of games for England. Obviously, we made saw some magnificent saves that he pulled off. I think it was, you know, he made one particularly great save. I think it was just before they got that um, that penalty late on when he made a really great save from a one-on-one. Um, so, and I think as well, he's clearly a great leader in that, in that back line. Seems very authoritative. And it, it, again, it just comes down to trust on Gareth Southgate. He obviously has a, you know, he really trusts um, his, his goalkeeper here, Jordan Pickford. And um, certainly in, most of the time, it just seems to repay it. So, um yeah, I think I just think with Jordan Pickford, um, you would probably put Aaron Ramsdale ahead of him, obviously, given how good he has been for Arsenal. But um, I think from an England perspective, you just can't fault Jordan Pickford. So, um, yeah, I think we'll continue to see Jordan Pickford start. And um, 
I, I, I don't see any reason why not. I think he's been really, really good in an England shirt. So, yeah, and, and another really pleasing performance. Oh, yes, he did concede those two goals, but I, I think the majority of the time I thought he was very impressive. Well, Craig, with Harry Kane eyeing up Wayne Rooney's goal record for England, do you think he'll be a step closer to that on Friday? Would you be backing him in the anytime market? I mean, if I come and sit on here and rule him out, then I'm being pretty stupid, really, to be honest. Uh, the, the one thing that I would say, though, is from a, a value point of view, based on what we saw on Monday and what potentially could happen with, with if Harry Kane comes off because he's carrying a slight knock, uh, I think this bet offers very, very little value. Uh, he's 21 to 20. Um, so let's say England are up with half an hour to go. I, I think he maybe will come off just so we can keep him sort of wrapped up and, and ready for the rest of the tournament. But then I think also if you look at the way that England played on Monday, uh, Kane brought a lot of other players into play and the other players were given the sort of attacking freedom to do what they wanted. And when you look at Kane, he's, he's sort of nearly even money. Uh, Raheem Sterling's 15-8, to 8, which is just under 2-1. to 1. Um, Bukayo Saka, as we've already mentioned, is 100-30, so he's just over 3-1. to 1. And Harry Kane's an excellent striker. Uh, he's proven at every level that you can think of. But just in terms of a betting angle into this market, I do think that the other two offer better value than Kane. Uh, if, like I say, if England are winning and there's half an hour to go, it wouldn't surprise me if Kane came off. And the fact that everybody seemed to get involved in that attack, we, we're not relying on Kane for goals. We scored six without him on Monday. Um, so I just think from a betting point of view, there's others that appeal more. But obviously, I'm, I'm not going to rule out Harry Kane scoring. I'm not that daft. Now, Jamie, there was no clean sheet for England at the start of the week. Do you think they can earn one at the weekend, or does a win of both teams to score odds of thirteen to five take your interest? Yeah, I think this one's kind of tough to say. I think I wasn't particularly impressed by USA's attack against Wales. Um, I, th I think it was just a zero point seven nine xG, um, and they just had one shot on target the whole game. So, you know, they weren't particularly convincing against Wales, the USA. Um, Having said that, also I mentioned, I do think at times England did look under real pressure against Iran. Obviously, we conceded twice, um, looked a little bit shaky. So there is potential that USA could maybe breach us. But I, I, I do think, I, I, just based on how poor I thought the USA's attack was, um, I do think England are capable of keeping them at bay. Um, so I'd probably be more leaning towards a clean sheet here for England. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a clean sheet for England here. Craig, Timothy Way I've got on the score sheet against Wales. Do you reckon this time it could finally be Christian Pulisic's time to shine, especially when going up against Premier League counterparts? Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's playing against England, this should be the one game in the tournament where he really wants to prove himself and, and show what he can do. Uh, arguably, he's been better for the US than, than he has for Chelsea since he's moved to the Premier League. Um, I don't think he's quite got to the heights that some of us were expecting him to get to. He's 9-2 to two to score any time here, which is bigger than I was expecting. Um I'm with Jamie. I'm, I'm not that convinced about the US attack. I thought they had a really decent spell in the first half. Since then, and when it got into the second half, I don't know if it was Wales really picking up their game or the US maybe getting a bit tired and they just sort of petered out. Um, obviously, that was Monday night and they're playing again on Friday, so it's a quick turnaround. Um, he should stand out and he should be all guns blazing to try and score here. Uh, I think the price is, is, is a good price, but reflected in that is the fact that the US maybe weren't as potent as I was expecting on Monday. And they've got a quick turnaround on the back of maybe looking a little bit tired towards the end of that game. Now, Jamie, an England win is 8-15 to 15 at present, but winning both halves is 3-1. to one. Would the latter be of interest, especially as we saw England get out the trap so quickly mm -hmm. against Iran? 
Yeah, look, I mean, in the last episode, we underestimated this England team and uh, I'm not going to do the same again here. Um, I mentioned with the USA, from a USA perspective, I did think they were really poor. I think in that first half, we, you know, they, they were obviously the better team than Wales. But I, I mentioned, I just felt like with Wales, it was kind of that nerves and that, um, that whole pressure of that 64 years first World Cup. Um, so... Um, I, I think that's maybe how the USA looked slightly better than they were. Um, but look, we saw with England how quick they were to start. It, it was kind of, it was so, like, even in the first five minutes or so, you could see that England were really kind of getting forward. You could see how England was setting up. You had the fullbacks getting forward. Um, it was just kind of all guns blazing. And um, I, I think that could be the same case here. Um, so, um, yeah, I think I'd probably back the latter there. And uh, I, I do like the look of that of England winning both halves. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet now from you both, and I'm going to get involved as England play the United States on Friday. You must know that by now. We've spoken about it for about 25 minutes, but you get the idea. So, with that in mind, Craig, you get first pick. What score have you got in mind? Great, yeah. I'm going with a 2-0 win to England, which is priced up at 7-1. to uh, I thought we started really well on Monday. Fancies to score early in this one, um, as we look to impose ourselves on the game again. That's going to force the US to open up and come at us, especially in the second half. But as we just mentioned, I thought they tired on Monday against Wales. A quick turnaround. I think they'll tire again here. England will bring on some fresh legs, uh, get a second on the break and win 2-0. I uh, just want to quickly mention in this sector with uh, a clean sheet there. I thought it was really interesting that after we scored six on Monday, the first thing that Gareth Southgate said in his uh, press conference afterwards was his disappointment around conceding two goals. That strikes me as a man who will have been working on our defence over the past couple of days, tightening it up. And hopefully we can get rewarded with a clean sheet. So, yeah, 2-0 to England, 7-1. to one. Top shout there. Jamie, what have you got for me? Yeah, look, I, I think from that first match, I think the team will be kind of full of confidence. I think the atmosphere around the uh, the camp will be, I think, really high. I think to score six goals is going to be giving them such a lift. So, I think this is going to be a fairly straightforward win for England. I'm going to go for 3-0, uh, which you can get at 11-1. Um, again, I just kind of looked at how good we were going forwards. You had Kane Link in play. You had um, Bakayo Saka, who I thought was absolutely fantastic. And then just the other options. I think, again, I mentioned earlier, I just think having so many attacking options now is going to be standing in really great stead in terms of being able to freshen up the team, being able to kind of maybe um, in different scenarios kind of mix it up. So, um, yeah, I think England are, are actually going to be a team that scored plenty of goals now. Um, I really wasn't expecting that, but... Really confident now after that first game. So I'm going to go for a 3-0 win for England here. OK, I'm going to go with a 3-1 win for England. I feel that, although, as you said, Craig, Southgate's first words were disappointment in terms of the conceding of goals, I feel the USA are going to be quite pumped for this one, especially after dropping two points in their first fixture. As I mentioned, Christian Pulisic, he's got a lot to prove, not just because he's Captain America, but also, you know, Graham Potter's probably going to be watching at home and thinking... Oh, actually, I might have a player there. I forgot about him. So he's got something to prove, put himself back in the shop window, if nothing else. So I feel that a goal against England is the right way to go about that. So I just feel a 3-1 win, comfortable, but no clean sheet. I'll take that at odds of 14-1. to And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's mop up the other clashing group B now. And as mentioned earlier, Wales play Iran. So Craig, if Wales play like they did in the second half on Monday, does 6-5 for a win look a decent price to you? It does, yeah. I think it's a great price. Um, I think there's two trains of thought with Wales and their first half performance against the US. Uh, they either got things wrong tactically and, and fixed that at half time, or, or they were just sort of 
overtaken by the the occasion. You know, it's, it's been a long time since they got to a World Cup, and maybe they were just nervous. But whichever one of those you believe, I don't think that will happen again. They should be settled into the tournament if they were nervous. And the fact that they changed things at halftime and did so well against the US means that they won't make the same mistake again. Um, I think Keith Keeper Moore came on and changed the game, changed the way that Wales play. I expect him to start on Friday. And that's going to give Wales the chance to be a little bit more direct, straight up to him. Um, Iran, one of the big things that I saw with them defensively on Monday is the amount of space that they were giving to the likes of Sterling and Saka and Mount in behind our striker. And that's the space that Gareth Bale takes up. Um, so who, who else would you want on there if you're a Welsh fan? I think Gareth Bale will pick up the ball. He'll be able to run at players, punish Iran. And I think Wales are an absolutely great price to beat them. Anything over even money, I think is fantastic. Now, Jamie, we mentioned the hunt for goals earlier in the show. With that in mind, it's over 2.5 at the same odds. Also a good starting yeah. point for you. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the case here. I mean, we, we saw the way Iran did set up, allowed England kind of so many chances. Um, maybe you do have to give that win a bit of leeway in terms of Iran did look so poor defensively. So, um, yeah, over 2.5 goals definitely seems like an assured shout here. Um, we saw how vulnerable they did look at the back. But look, also, I, th- I thought they would actually looked slightly threatening in attack. I think Taremi, kind of, we know kind of his exploits in Europe and what he's done. So, obviously, he managed to get his name on the score sheet twice. So, he could be a bit of a threat. Um, I, I, I'm still confident this is, is going to be a Wales win. But I do actually see Iran getting involved here. So, um, I actually do like the look of a Wales win and both teams to score. And uh, you can get that at four to one. Well, Craig, I was going to ask you about both teams to score because that in itself, regardless of the match result, you can get that odds of 21 to 20. Are you having a bit of that? I think Jamie's pretty much hit the nail on the head, really, there. I think Iran are already at the stage where they've nothing to lose and they sort of had that mindset in the second half against England. And as Jamie rightly says, the couple of times when they went forward, they they did look as though they could threaten. Um, So... This is going to be the game that they've always targeted to win as well. Let's not forget that. You know, obviously they, they disappointed on Monday, but pre-tournament, this was the one that they would have targeted. Um, I think they'll attack. I don't think they'll win, but I do think they'll score. Um, even more so, I think, if, if they do sort of go behind as well, because like I said, they came out of their shell against England in that second half. The sort of nothing-to-lose mentality, and that saw them create a little bit more going forward. So if Wales score first, um, then I think this is an even better shout. Yeah, so, so yeah, I do think Wales will win, but the both teams to score pick looks very, very solid indeed to me. Now, Jamie, if we're looking at this from a half-time, full-time point of view, do you think Wales will be less sluggish in this encounter? How do you see this one panning out at both minutes 45 and 90? Yeah, do you, do you know what, this with, this with this game, I don't think Wales are going to kind of have it all their way. I think this will be kind of, I think Iran will put a bit of pressure on them. Um, I mean, you, you look at the FIFA rankings as well. This is a very finely poised encounter. You, you're seeing 19th come up against 20th in the world, supposedly. So um, I, I do think this could be a case where Iran could frustrate Wales here for, for periods of the game. Um, I mentioned earlier, I do think ultimately, I think Wales have the quality to go and win this game. I think defensively, Iran are so poor and, and, and uh, Wales have the players to exploit that. So I think a Wales win is, is how it will play out. But I like the look of a draw at half-time and then a Wales win at full-time. Uh, you get that at 15-4. to four. OK, before we move on, it's time for another correct score bet now. This time, Wales versus Iran. With this in mind, Jamie, you get first pick. What score have you got in mind? Yep. Um, I mean, again, I mentioned, I, I just think this won't be a game where Wales are really going to have it all their own way. Um, I think Iran are a side who can contribute to this game. Um, I, I think Taremi was a guy who kind of had impressed me, um, having watched him in, in, you know, in Champions League matches in the past. 
Um, so I, I think Iran will get like a, a goal here. Um, I don't think it's going to be an emphatic win for Wales. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win uh, for Wales here and get that at 9-1. to Well, Craig, you are up next. What correct score are you hoping for? Yeah, I've let the price dictate my selection here, really. I was torn between two scores. Uh, the first one was the 2-1 that Jamie's just picked. But the one I'm going for is 3-1 to Wales. And that's available at more than double the odds, 20-1. to um, so, I'm, so I'm going to put up the latter just, just to get a bit of extra value. Um, I think Wales are going to win. Uh, but we've, we've also sort of touched on the fact that I think Iran are going to score as well. The key for me is that this game, uh, we've mentioned earlier on, could, the group could potentially come down to who scores the most goals against Iran. And if Wales go 2-1 up, then they can't afford to sit back. They've got to keep pushing. So if there's 2-1 with a bit to play, then then either Wales are going to over-push and maybe Iran get back into it. Or what I'm hoping happens is that Wales get, an, Wales get another and they win 3-1. Um, so, yeah, Gareth Bale's a key man. He's going to pick the ball up in, in a lot of dangerous areas. Iran gifted England much time in those areas on Monday. So I'm hoping for the same again. Yeah, I, th- I think Wales will win. I think Iran will score. And I just thought 20-1. For the sake of an extra goal, yeah, so we'll go with 3-1 to Wales. Very bold. I'm going to temper that move slightly, actually quite a lot, because I'm going to go for a Wales 1-0 win. Yes, they played better in the second half against the United States, but they didn't score from open play. They looked incredibly isolated in the first half. I just There's something there that I feel they'll win, but I feel it might have to be ground out. And of course, if they get four points from six, that does set up the England clash quite nicely. That's not going to be the worst result. Of course, not the best, but if they manage to have a three-point advantage over the, the USA going into game three, they might only need a draw to qualify. So I feel if, as long as they get a result, and I feel they're going to get a narrow 1-0 win, then they'll worry about the England game thereafter. So not as barn-burning as you two have suggested, but a win all the same. And I'm taking that one at 11-2. to So that's our correct score tips for the Wales-Iran game. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insights and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty of World Cup action still to discuss and the other games that are taking place in Group A on Friday. Craig, first up is Qatar versus Senegal. Will the hosts have learned their lesson or is this one as simple as backing the latter to win at odds of 8-13? to 13? I think it is, Daniel. I was really, really disappointed with Qatar in the opener. Uh, I was hoping for a bit more. I'm, I'm not by any stretch saying that they're a good side, but I thought the opener was their chance to really sort of stamp their authority on the on the tournament maybe a little and get something. And they were really, really disappointing. Uh, scenes of their fans sort of leaving the stadium and not coming back at halftime is, is disappointing to see. But, but in many ways, I can't blame them. Uh, they, they were absolutely miles off the pace, I thought. Um, the, the only hope for them is that maybe they suffer, suffer from stage fright a little and, you know, the centre of the attention at their own World Cup, was that all a bit too much for them and are they going to come and get better in this one? Um, however, on the sort of the basis of that, I just think they've got a lack of quality, to be honest with you. Senegal, they're lacking their main striker, but do defend well. Um, I think they'll eventually grind this out and just nick a goal from somewhere, get some points on the board. So, so a Senegal win, although I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. Well, Jamie, both their opening matches ended in under 2.5 goals. Would you be backing the same outcome at the same odds? Yeah, I mean, this definitely looks like the way to go here. I think I mentioned, I think Senegal was slightly unlucky not to get anything from that Netherlands game in terms of you look at the stats. Um, they're better XG, more shots. They're more shots on target as well compared to the Netherlands. Um, but look, they failed to score as well. So I, I think they're going to be a case of where they are not going to be a particularly clinical side here. Um, I think whilst Qatar, obviously, 
they were very poor against uh, Ecuador. Um, they didn't concede too many chances. They only conceded uh, 1.18 xG. So I, I think you can kind of look at that and think it will be a case of another low-scoring side, but uh, a low-scoring game even. And uh, but I, I think the African side will just kind of come out on top here. Um, I do like the look of under 2.5 goals and the Senegal win, uh, which you can get at 11 to five. Lovely stuff. But later that same Friday, we also have the Netherlands versus Ecuador. So, Craig, is it going to be double Dutch in terms of wins for Louis van Gaal's men? You can currently get that odds of 19 to 20. Yeah, I like the Netherlands. I think this will be a really good game, to be honest with you. I think I think this should be uh, serve us up a bit of a treat. Um, so, pre-tournament, I was hoping that the Netherlands would uh, bag nine points from three group games. So, we'll, we'll stick with them. Um, I think there should hopefully be a little bit more... Uh, clinical in front of goal with Memphis Depay starting this one. He gives them the, the genuine goal-scoring threat. Uh, Cody Gakpo will hopefully stay in the team with them. And then I, I just think that's sort of what they lacked in parts against Senegal. They can hopefully... Th- there's a reason why they, they would have that here against Ecuador. Um, so I'm expecting to see a little better. I respect Ecuador. I thought they played well in difficult circumstances. You know, I thought they started really well and fast against Qatar in a game that you would have easily forgiven them for struggling to get going, really, because of the opening ceremony, the fact they're playing the hosts, all that sort of thing. Um, but when it all comes down, everything's settled down a bit now. We're after the first games, into the second. And I just think Van Gaal's men will probably have a little bit too much for them. Now, Jamie, the Dutch did keep a clean sheet on Monday. Would you fancy them to win to nil at odds of 7-4? to four, Or is that a bit too short for you? <clears throat> Yeah, do, do you know what? Just in terms of kind of the attacking threat from uh, Netherlands, I was slightly disappointed. I mean, in a way, I think for Spurs fans, it was kind of no real surprise to see that they were so low scoring when they had Vincent Janssen and uh, Steven Bergvine leading the line for them. But um, yeah, I think in terms of the defence, that's where they are really strong. And I think we, we kind of predicted that Netherlands would keep a clean sheet in that, that game. Um, I'm a big fan of them defensively. Um, coming into the tournament, they've kept some big clean sheets against the likes of Poland and Belgium. Um, and obviously, they've now done so against Senegal. So um, I think I think they'll be kind of really confident here in terms of keeping another one. Um, obviously, you, you you see how good some of the options that they do have. They've got the likes of Van Dijk, the Lit, uh, Nathan Ake, and then even on the bench, they had Urien Timber and, and Stefan de Vrij. So, um, yeah, I, I think it will be another clean sheet here for, for the Netherlands. I think I mentioned um, against um, Qatar. I, didn't, I wasn't too kind of... Uh, excited by Ecuador's attack. I mean, it was just three shots on target for them against a very poor Qatar side. So um, I, I think that how strong defensively Netherlands are, I think this will be uh, a Netherlands win to nil. But um, I, I did kind of also look at maybe a correct score here. I think this is going to be a low score in one because Ecuador defensively are also a very good side. So Netherlands 1-0 win. Um, I, I do like the look of you get that at 6-1. to one. Okay, we're now going to mop up Saturday's action, and this time you get a group each. So, Craig, what are the best bets you can find from Group C? Yeah, going to do a bit of fence sitting here for you. Uh, two draws stand out oh, to wow. me in in this group. So, yeah. So the first game, uh, five to two on a draw between Poland and Saudi Arabia. So I was really disappointed with Poland in their opening game. I, I, don't, I don't think they offered anywhere near as much as what I thought they would going forward. Um, obviously, missed penalty, so maybe ruled themselves a bit unlucky. Um, obviously, Saudi Arabia come here on the back of that unbelievable shot win against Argentina I thought Saudi Arabia once they went 2-1 ahead defended really really well I was really impressed with how they kept Argentina at bay in that game um, and crucially sort of the reason why I'm leaning to the draw here is because because of the fact they've got three points from Argentina they don't actually need to come here and win uh, they can come here and take a draw it wouldn't surprise me if they dug in and, and sort of went for the draw in many ways 
Um, especially if, as we get into the second half. And I don't think Poland have, have shown enough to me to think that they can break them down. Um, so, yeah, 5-2 to two for that draw. If, if you're wanting to have a bit of extra value, then maybe nil-nil at 8-1. to one. I, I don't like watching nil-nils personally, but um, I could just see a strong Saudi Arabian defensive performance and, and Poland unable to break them down, which sounds strange when the fact we've got Robert Lewandowski in that team, but I don't think they offered anywhere near enough against Mexico. Um, I'll back that up with the second game and 11-4 to four for a draw between Argentina and Mexico. Uh, absolutely massive, massive pressure on Argentina to, to deliver now in this tournament. How will they handle that? I thought they looked a bit short of ideas and, and they really lacked the cutting edge that you would expect from them uh, when they were 2-1 down against Saudi Arabia. They didn't have that any sort of attacking flair and they, they put the ball forward and they had a couple of chances here and there. But I just expected complete dominance and, and a goal, and it, it never really came. Um, arguably, they should have been 2 0 up if it wasn't for a shirt sleeve in the first half, and they could have maybe gone on and won that game 4 or 5 0, and, and we wouldn't be talking about this. Um, I thought Mexico played all right, and I just get the feeling that this sort of South American derby type of game is going to aid Mexico and, and give Argentina something else to think about and just make this a little bit tougher for them. Um, so, yeah, I think Mexico would take the draw, so I'm, I'm going to side with two draws. So, yeah. 5-2 Poland-Saudi Arabia draw and 11-4 for Argentina-Mexico to draw. OK, it's honours even in Group C. Jamie, what have you got for me in Group D? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a really exciting um, kind of group to look at. Obviously, you've got Denmark and France. So I think that this is going to be kind of, uh, I think, ahead of the tournament. This was one of the games that I was really looking at and thinking this is going to be a real standout game. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of a, a tricky one to predict here in terms of the goals. Um, obviously, we saw France were emphatic against Australia. Uh, meanwhile, Denmark, they did keep a clean sheet against Tunisia. Um, but look, I, I think I was quite surprised, actually, by how good France were. Um, I know, again, you have to kind of counter that with saying it was only Australia. But I, I thought they were really, really impressive. Um, you also have to look as well. Denmark, they did fail to score um, against Tunisia. So that can be something kind of worth factoring in in terms of leaning more towards France here. Um, another real standout player, I thought, from from Tuesday's match was Kylian Mbappe. I thought he was unplayable at times. So I do really like the look of him to score a couple here. Maybe a little bet builder here in terms of I'm going to go over two goals uh, for Kylian Mbappe and a French win. You can get that at 7-1. to one. I just thought that Mbappe was so impressive. Um, obviously, a guy who kind of really wants to prove a point in terms of, um, you know, he, obviously at PSG, you know, he's got the likes of Lionel Messi and, and, and Neymar have really stepped up this season. He's going to want to prove a point that he is still kind of one of the top guys in the world. Um, so, yeah, I like the look of that. Um, the other game as well, Tunisia uh, versus Australia. I think that should be an interesting one. I was really impressed by Tunisia in that game against Denmark. Um, I'm going to go for a Tunisia win here and under 2.5 goals, which you can get at 3-1. to one. I think I think Tunisia defensively did really well to keep Denmark at bay. So I think they certainly can do the same against Australia and, and stop them from scoring. Um, they also had several chances to win that game as well. I, I think they kind of at times, they looked as though they could maybe nick it against Denmark. So... Tunisia could be a, maybe a side to, to kind of watch out for in this group. I still think Denmark and um, France should have too much quality. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go for a Tunisia win and under 2.5 goals after 3-1. to one. OK, while we're here, we may as well continue the pattern and move on to Sunday. Craig, this time you are up for Group E. What have you got for me? Yeah, I love the fact, Dan, that since the last podcast, you've spent your time working out a, a new... Uh, way of delivering bets for the script just so I can talk more about Japan <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much um, yeah so we're recording this before Japan play their opener so 
by the time people hear this, they, they will have played and people will be thinking, oh, here's that daft idiot who were on about Japan. Or they'll be thinking, here's that genius who told me Japan were going to win. So anyway, let's forget about the first game and go on to the second. Um, regardless of what happens in that first, Japan really should be strong enough to beat Costa Rica. Um, so I would be going with a Japan win in this game. And I think I would also add in both teams to score here. Um, Japan do generally play attacking football, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did concede in every game that they play uh, at, the, at the World Cup. So Japan to win and both teams to score uh, 100 to 30, that's available. I think that's a fair price. And, and I'm going to stop talking about Japan now just, uh, just because I don't want to keep going on and on about them. Um, the second game, Spain-Germany, should should be a very, very good game. But to me, it's got draw written all over it, I think. Um, as I've sort of previously said when we've been discussing this group, I think there's going to be a lot of draws in this group. Um, I'm not sure that Spain have got goals in them. So maybe do like go for a draw with under 2.5 goals, which which basically is, is essentially a, a bet on either 0-0 or 1-1. Uh, that's priced up at 100 to 30. Um, seems a bit, a bit of a way of adding a bit of extra on to top of the draw price, which is 23 to 10. Um, I just think that these two teams are just going to cancel each other out. It's just we sort of spoke about this game before and, and I've mentioned the draw and there's certain games that stick out as being so important that actually they could sort of fizzle out into a draw. I think the USA and Wales game on Monday was a perfect example of that. And we all said a draw in that and it happened. Uh, th this has got that written all over it. So, yeah, so those two games will be Japan winning both teams to score in the, in the first and a Spain-Germany draw in the second for me. There you go. Craig has nailed his colours to the Japanese flag once again, but there's still more to discuss. Jamie, you've got Group F this time. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, obviously a, a phrase we like to say on this show a lot is, is kind of at the time of recording. <laughs> and um, At the time of recording, we're, we're into the final kind of 30 seconds in uh, the first game in Group F between Morocco and Croatia. But I've kind of been watching it and um, I've been really impressed by both teams here in terms of Morocco and Croatia. Um, I kind of mentioned in in, uh, in, part, in previous shows that we've done in terms of looking ahead to the World Cup, I, I think these were the two teams that I was really fancying. And um, I know Belgium were kind of going into this, uh, this group as maybe the favourites to go through um but I, I i actually i'm gonna go for a big one here i don't think belgium are gonna make it through i've been really impressed by how Morocco and croatia have both played um before the tournament i didn't fancy belgium to go through either i just look at this belgium team and think there's a lot of expectation on a team that aren't particularly that good anymore i look at kind of their leading stars now kevin de bruyne and, and maybe thibaut Courtois are really the only standout guys in that team don't really include um, Romelu Lukaku into that. So, yeah, I, th I think it's just finished in this game as well. So, Croatia and Morocco, Morocco played out a goalless draw. I think for both teams, that's a, a fairly good result. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's kind of how it will finish with Croatia and Morocco going through. And uh, my, my shout here is, is Belgium not to qualify and get that uh, five to one. That is a very bold shout to nearly end the episode. But before we end, it's time for our final bit of business. That's our odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acre, we try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, so my pick's France to beat Denmark, which is at four to five. Uh, France really impressed me against Australia when I watched them on Tuesday night, um, although they did pick up another, another injury, which makes it things tougher for them as they sort of pile up. Uh, but actually, that could be a, a slight positive in the sort of short term. And the fact that it's just bringing them together as a unit a little bit more. I thought they really played for each other. And obviously, the standout player in, in that performance on Tuesday was Kylian Mbappé, who was absolutely fantastic. Um, they, they lack their stars, and that could hurt them in the latter rounds. But for now, I'm more than happy to stick with them. I was really disappointed with Denmark on Tuesday. 
Uh, slow start, disappointing start to the tournament. They created a couple of chances, but, but we're really sort of very level in a game against Tunisia. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be France who I'm choosing. Uh, really impressive start, and I think they'll make it two wins from two. France to beat Denmark at four to five. That is a top shout. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go for Senegal to be um, the host Qatar. Uh, you get that at 8-13. to 13. Um, I thought, again, we, we kind of mentioned Qatar. They were really disappointing in that opening game. I don't see them kind of improving too much. Um, I think Craig was interesting point about maybe that the occasion got to them. But I do also think there was a case they're just not a very good team. I think from a Senegal's perspective, they'll be obviously confident of, of kind of getting their first three points in this one. They'll know how crucial this this game is in terms of obviously losing that opener uh, against Netherlands. And um, yeah, I mentioned I think it'll be kind of a, a hard fought win for Senegal in the end or, or kind of a, a close one because I don't think they're going to be a particularly emphatic side. But uh, I think it's going to be a win nonetheless. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a Senegal win over Qatar at eight. To 13. Okay, I'm going to go against what Jamie just said because I'm going to go with Belgium to get the better of Morocco. Now, at the time of recording, our favourite phrase, the Belgians are yet to get their World Cup campaign underway. Although, regardless of what happens in their first fixture against Canada, a win in their second fixture is going to be just as important. Morocco may be a tough nut to crack. I think Croatia are learning that. But I think it's something that Roberto Martinez's men will achieve. And this is why I'm backing them odds of 4-6. to six. Right, that brings us to full time now, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. With the World Cup being as fast-paced as it is, our next episode is on Monday as we focus on the England versus Wales encounter. And as mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Really looking forward to the weekend of football and we'll reconvene on Monday to uh, no doubt wax lyrical about England's second impressive win. Indeed. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And uh, hopefully, obviously, later today, we've got Japan in action. So, you know, hopefully, Craig's looking like a genius. Hopefully, I'm looking like a genius as well with, with Belgium, maybe struggling against Canada. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens to this one. But look, so much kind of football to look forward to now. And uh, yeah, really, really exciting times. Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.